Hello, and thanks for joining us on the Highland Baptist Church Network and the audio broadcast ministry of our church. Today, Pastor Brian Calhoun continues in the series, Living Right Side Up in an Upside Down World from the book of James. The book of James gives practical actions a believer can take in the times in which we live. Here is Pastor Brian with a message entitled, Faith Works. This morning we're going to see and understand and learn that faith works. Faith works. And I want to tell you something. I'm glad you're here today. I'm glad you're here today. If, you, if someone's not here today and they've been here, tell them, hey, you're going to want, if they're not watching online already, I hope they're watching online, but if they're not able to, maybe they're out of town, maybe something's going on, they can't do it right now, they need to watch this message because this message is the focal message that helps you understand the entire book of James and the entire series of messages from James, living right side up in an upside down world. Let's see three characteristics of working faith. Now, here's some objectives that I want you to get from the message here this morning, okay? So, first of all, the what? I want you to understand that God wants Christians to display their faith through actions and not just words. Here's the why. I want you to know that an act of faith is an effective, genuine, vibrant way to reveal God's love to others. And here's the how. My prayer is that you will be encouraged to demonstrate your faith with your actions. So today we're going to see the expression of true faith, the evidence of true faith, and finally the examples of true faith. So first of all, the first characteristic of working faith is that it is practical faith. That's why I love the book of James. Book of James is very, very practical. It's practical for all of us to understand how to live this Christian life. It's not some theoretical thing. It's not very, it is theological, but it's not deep, deep, deep theology like you'll get into in Romans, which I love. I love that too. But this is very practical. This is where the rubber meets the road, the book of James. So practical faith, first of all, saves. Practical faith saves. James used my brothers to address the readers. He began with a rhetorical question. What does it profit, my brethren, verse 14, if someone says he has faith but does not have works? Can faith save him? Can faith save him? It's better interpreted to say this. Can that faith or can such faith such as this save him? The answer that's expected is what? No. No, it cannot save him. Faith without works is absurd. Just as absurd as having a watch that doesn't work. Or just as absurd as saying, I'm a furniture maker and you've never made a piece of furniture. Faith without works is dead. Genuine faith is, in, is evidenced by works. I uh, have something over here I want to kind of show you. Has two oars here. Okay? And let's say that you're out and you're trying to move about down the river, down the creek, wherever you are, and you kept doing like this. Just on this side of the boat, that's all you did. For those experienced people that have been in boats before and have done this, what do you do? You go in a circle. Right? Okay, 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 okay. I'll, I'll fix it, I'll fix it now. This side, there we go. What am I doing now? I'm going in a circle the other direction. 
Okay? Now, obviously, a little more difficult to do it this way, okay, but you can go this way. What will happen then? Supposedly, you go straight. Faith and works go together. They're not separate. You can't have one without the other. If you do, it's as if you have an oar and you're only rowing on one side of the boat. Look, I understand that you could do this. You're out there saying, uh-huh, we could do this. You could do that. But it doesn't match my message for today. Okay? So the reality is, faith works. They go together. Many times, what happens is, people will say, well, I'll show you my faith without works. Or I'll show you my works without faith. And the reality is both are wrong. Practical faith saves. Okay? It says that in verse 14. Look at what Jesus said in Matthew chapter 7, verse 21 through 23. On the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus said this, Not everyone who says to me, Lord, Lord, shall enter the kingdom of heaven, but he who does the will of my Father in heaven. Many will say to me in that day, Lord, Lord, have we not prophesied in your name, cast out demons in your name, and done many wonders in your name? And then I will declare to them, I never knew you. Depart from me, you who practice lawlessness. Practical faith saves. Practical faith also serves. Verses 15 and 16. This is a hypothetical situation, but let's say someone says they're hungry. Sarah did a beautiful job of this. They say you're hungry, and you say, go and be well. I love our homeless bags so much, okay? Our homeless bags that the kids have made before for us, and we did that so that all of us in here, all of us adults have the idea. We can do this ourselves, okay? But the kids have a great time doing it through Kids Club. They've done it before. Has a bag, gallon-sized bag, and you put bottled water in there. You put socks in there. You put some maybe peanut butter crackers in there. You put all kinds of things. Maybe some soap, some deodorant, different things that they, they may need if they're homeless. And then inside of there, that we put the best thing that anybody needs, and that is the gospel of Jesus Christ in a track. Put that in there too, and we give it to them. Why? Because if you see a homeless person, and people they look, well, they wouldn't be homeless if they would do this or that. We're not. I'm not even worried about that right now. But if they're homeless, and you say to them, "Hey, go and be well," but then you say, "Here's a track for you, though." And so what James, the half-brother of Jesus, is saying is, look, if you want to say that you believe in Jesus, put some feet to your faith. Do something. Faith serves. Practical faith serves. I think in a lot of ways, the modern church has done a disservice. I talked to someone about this just this morning. We've done a disservice as ministers. Here's what I mean. Because so many times... You're a minister of this, a minister of that. You're a pastor, whatever it may be. And so, because typically those people are usually doers, they want to do and all this kind of stuff, we have taken blessings away from people and not allowing them to do. And they need to be serving. Your faith has to be serving. People have to know, you know what? I know they're a believer because I see them serving Jesus. 
And if we ever want to know the power of the Lord and the power of our faith in our life, then get to serving. Practical faith serves. Practical faith also shows. It shows. Verses 17 and 18. Thus also faith by itself, if it does not have works, is dead. But someone will say, you have faith and I have works. Show me your faith without your works, and I will show you my faith by my works. Now, I just want to let you know something. Martin Luther, as he's translating the Bible from Greek and Hebrew and Aramaic into the German language, Martin Luther had a tough time with James. Now, who is Martin Luther? He's the great reformer of the 15th uh, century, 16th century, that time period, long time ago. And he was in the Roman Catholic Church. But then he started studying the Bible, which was a no-no. And they think that's, I'm not being funny, that was a no-no. Only the priests study the Bible. And the Bible literally, literally they had a Bible like this on the pulpit. It would be chained down and locked from Sunday to Sunday or from service to service. And only the minister could touch it. Only they could look at it. The common people didn't have it. Like today, we take that for granted. We have our Bibles in hard format. We have our Bibles in electronic format. We have our Bibles in all kinds of different ways today. Back then, they didn't. So he's studying the Bible. He starts to figure out, wow, we're saved by faith alone in Jesus Christ alone. And so when he starts getting to James, he thought that James was heretical. Because he thought what James was saying, which James was not. So wake up. If they're asleep next to you, punch them, wake them up. But some of you are probably so cold, you're probably awake right now. Um, James was not writing to say... That the way that you're saved is through works. What James was saying is, if you truly are saved, you have Jesus living within you, it's going to show by works. That's what he said. Martin Luther believed this, as a lot of the early reformers did. He believed sola, scriptura, scripture alone, the Bible alone is our highest authority. That's the problem with a lot of churches today, a lot of preachers today, a lot of teachers they have of, quote, Bible. They don't really teach the Bible. They read the Bible, they close it up, they give you a lot of cute stories, and before you know it, you don't know what, why you just went to church, okay? But sola scriptura, scripture alone, sola fide, faith alone, we are saved through faith alone in Jesus Christ, sola gratia, which means grace alone, we're saved by the grace of God alone, sola Christus, which is Christ alone, Jesus Christ alone is our Lord, Savior, and King. And then solely Deo Gloria, to the glory of God alone. We live for the glory of God alone. So these early reformers believed this. So for Martin Luther, he thought James was saying that faith was the result of works and that James was saying something contrary to what Paul wrote. When in reality, Paul and James were saying the same thing from a different perspective. Are you ready? Ready for this? Here's the difference in perspective. Paul argued for the priority of faith, while James argued for the proof of faith. Okay? Paul, priority. James, proof. So listen to James 3.13. Who is wise and understanding among you? Let him show by good conduct that his works are done in the meekness of wisdom. Listen, what about dead faith? Dead faith squanders. It does not provide salvation. Dead faith is self-serving. It does not serve. It is selfish. Dead faith is a sham. What it shows is a fake. It's a facade. And so what's the bottom line for today? 
Working faith is the only faith that works. Working faith is the only faith that works. Great claims, this is from Dr. Blue in his commentary, I'm quoting him. Great claims may be made about a corpse that's supposed to have come to life. But if it does not move, if there are no vital signs, no heartbeat, no perceptible pulse, it is still dead. The false claims are silenced by the evidence. So here's my question for you. Are your actions pointing people back toward Jesus? Are they pointing people to Jesus or not? So the first characteristic of working faith is its practical faith. The second characteristic of working faith is it is profitable faith. The first aspect of profitable faith is that it is heavenly. Look at verse 19. It's heavenly. You believe there is one God, you do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. What was James trying to convey to us? If James says just believing God exists isn't enough for true faith, what does it take to have a working, living, genuine, true faith? Well, what he was saying is this. The demons have a belief about God, but there's not a belief that they have in God. And there most certainly is no fruit of this faith either. This is a, a lot of believers today are just like that. They have a belief about God, but not a belief in God. And that burdens my soul. It burns my heart. I believe there's a lot of people, a lot of people that believe that they're okay. I, I'm okay because, you know, I said a prayer years ago. I'm okay because the preacher told me I was okay. That's the worst part. No man tells you you're okay. God does. Okay? Now, you may come forward and talk to me, and I may ask you a few questions, but at the end of the day, God has to bear witness with your spirit, and you know that you're saved. Profitable faith is heavenly faith. The belief in one God may not be trust in that God. Unless it is trust, it is not true faith and will not be evidenced in good works. Also, to continue, James did not say that works are essential to faith or that faith is unimportant. His argument was that works are evidence of faith. Profitable faith is, first of all, heavenly faith, but it's also honest faith. James bluntly and very forcefully replied, Oh, foolish man. Look at verse 20. But do you want to know, oh, foolish man? That faith without works is dead? It is worthless, fruitless, useless. Listen up. Flimsy faith is dead, and so empty, faithless works are dead. James is not pro-faith, anti-works, nor is he pro-works, anti-faith. He's simply saying that genuine faith will have a fruit of good works. Spiritual works are the evidence, and not the energizer of sincere faith. So this is what he means. I have faith, therefore I work. Okay? But that work is not the energizer. It doesn't make faith come about. Faith is already there. The works come about as a result of the faith. Philippians 2, 12, really the second part of it. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. I love this. God's been really hitting home a lot on this in my study, okay? Let's leave it up there for a second. 
work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. There's a lot in those, that phrase right there, the end of that verse. Work out your own salvation. Don't worry about someone else. You do it yourself. Hey, listen, if I just worry about myself, I got a lot to worry about. <laughs> okay? So you just worry about yourself. Work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Also, you're working something out that's already been worked into you. You're already saved, and so you just work it out into your life. And that's Paul. Philippians, Paul wrote. And so there's no, there is no contrariness between Paul and James. In James 1.22, he implored us, but be doers of the word and not hearers, only deceiving yourselves. What about dead faith? Dead faith is devilish, and dead faith is deceitful. It's deceitful. Look again. Here in verses uh, 20, 19 and 20. You believe there is one God. You do well. Even the demons believe and tremble. It's devilish. But do you want to know, foolish man, that faith without works is dead? It's also deceitful. Working faith is the only faith that works. Working faith is the only faith that works. So three characteristics of working faith. First of all, working faith is practical faith. It's profitable faith. And working faith is personal faith. Personal faith. Here's an example of personal faith. Look, who does he talk about at the end of this uh, section here? He says, Was not Abraham our father justified by works when he offered Isaac his son on the altar? Do you see that faith was working together with his works, and by works faith was made perfect? And he goes on to talk about Abraham. And so he gives us two examples. Abraham, a revered patriarch, and Rahab, a redeemed prostitute. Two different people that he uses as examples of faith. He presented each of them in a form of a question. And once again, some will question whether James over against Paul again. Paul makes it clear that Abraham's faith and not his works was how God declared him righteous. Remember what I said earlier for Paul was arguing for the priority of faith, okay? And James arguing for the proof of faith. And both men were right. They were both right. Listen to Abraham's account from the book of Genesis chapter 22. Genesis 22, verse 9 through 12, and then 16 through 18. Then they came to the place of which God had told him. And Abraham built an altar there and placed the wood in order. And he bound Isaac his son and laid him on the altar upon the wood. And Abraham stretched out his hand, took the knife to slay his son. But the angel of the Lord called to him from heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. So he said, here I am. And he said, do not lay your hand on the lad or do anything to him. For now I know you fear God since you have not withheld your son, your only son from me. And he said, by myself I have sworn, says the Lord, because you have done this thing and have not withheld your son, your only son. Blessing I will bless you and multiplying I will multiply your descendants as the stars of the heaven and the sand which is on the seashore, and your descendants which shall possess the gate of their enemies. In your seed all the nations of the earth shall be blessed because you have obeyed my voice. So in this context, James explained that Abraham's faith was evident in his practice of Isaac's sacrifice. And therefore he was justified or declared righteous. In the same way, look at verse 25. Likewise was not 
Rahab the harlot also justified by works when she received the messengers and sent them out another way. Rahab was declared righteous for her actions in welcoming the spies and helping them to escape. So what do works provide? Works serve as the barometer of justification while faith serves as the basis for justification. Justification, you're made right before God. Okay, so faith is the basis for you being made right before God, while works is the barometer. You can tell that something's going on in someone's life, that they know Jesus because of the works that they're producing in their life. James uses Abraham and Rahab as examples of people whose faith and actions were connected. What people in your life might serve as role models as you yourself take steps to put your faith in action in greater ways? What can you learn from these individuals here? What can you learn from the individuals around you? Working faith is the only faith that works. So first of all, it's an example of personal faith. Then there's an evidence of personal faith. An evidence of personal faith. Abraham, both Paul and James quoted the exact same passage. Look at verse 23. Abraham believed God, and it was accounted to him for righteousness. Paul quoted that, and James quotes it right here. Paul said that Abraham was justified by faith, and James said that Abraham was justified by faith, evidenced by what he did. The conclusion is very, very, very clear. Faith and works are as essential to each other as the body and the spirit. Apart from the spirit or the breath of life, the body is dead. True faith continually contributes to spiritual growth and development. Working faith is the only faith that works. I love the book of James. James is so, so, so very practical to our day-to-day living in life. But also, James steps all over my toes. He steps all over our toes. Because I think many times we're very comfortable with the heady knowledge. We're very comfortable with the philosophy or the theology. We're very comfortable as long as it's up here, as long as it's in here. But when we start living it out, that's where we get nervous. Because we think, I may not live it exactly right. I may not do it exactly right. Let me tell you something. We're all sinners. God saved us. We're all sinners. And guess what? Step out in faith. Faith works begin living your faith out in your life and you'll see God do amazing things because it's not about you it's about him as you step out in faith it's about what he's going to do in your life but maybe you're here this morning and you've never received Christ Maybe you've said, you know, I know a lot about Christ. I've heard a lot about him. Maybe you've heard me preach several times about him, but you've never given your heart and life to Jesus. My question to you this morning is, what's keeping you from doing that? What's keeping you from giving your heart to Jesus? Whatever it is, put it to the side. Just put it to the side and say, I trust in Jesus. Everyone, please stand with your heads bowed, eyes closed, no one looking around. What is one way that you can respond to God's love and do something this week that reflects your faith?
As God reveals it to you, do it. How will you hold each other accountable to encourage this next step of faith in your life? For those here that may be searching and seeking, wondering about the claims of Christ, I have some good news for you. The Bible says that God so loved the world that he gave his only begotten son. Whosoever believeth in him should not perish but have everlasting life. And God demonstrated his love for us in that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. The Bible says, For by grace you have been saved through faith, and this not of yourselves is the gift of God, not by works, lest anyone should boast. And so today, if you would like to receive Christ, you can do that right where you are right now. You can just say to him in your own way, own personal way, Jesus, I trust in you. Say it right now. Just say it to him. Out loud, silently, just say, Jesus, I trust in you. I place my faith in you. Jesus, I'm moving from believing about you to believing in you. That's all you have to do right now, right where you are. And if you do that, the Bible says he'll come and save you. He'll be changed forever. If you'd like a little help with that, I'm going to lead you in a prayer. There's no power in the prayer. The power comes as you mean it from your heart to God. Just say these words out loud or silently. Just say this. Dear Jesus, I believe on you today. I place my faith and my trust in you. Jesus, thank you for saving me. Help me to live for you from this day forward. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. Amen. You have just heard a message from God's Word, and now it's your chance to respond. What is God calling you to do in response to today's message? Let us know by going to hbcmolino.com forward slash life. We'd love to connect with you. Thanks for joining us today on the Highland Network. Enjoy your day.